0: Yeah, we are. We had a wonderful time of uh, uh, prayer this morning. Um, we we have with us, uh, joining in worship today, our missionaries from Medellin, Medellin, Colombia. Uh, Katie and Julio Isasa and the two boys are joining with us. They led us in, uh, in a time of prayer this um, uh, morning. We had a great, great time and what an amazing time of praying for um, our country, praying for our country during this time of the remembrance of independence, um, and then also praying for uh, for Colombia and world society. Because uh, as uh, we sung um, uh, today, as David Kim led us in worship, um, we want to recognize the fact that yes you know different parts of the world celebrate independence days and in different times of the year um, we are celebrating it on the fourth of july uh, and and essentially when you ask people they'll say are you celebrating fourth of july are you celebrating fourth of july but what is fourth of july is the is the real question and and the answer is found in in this word uh, and that is who is king? Who is king? And what does freedom mean? What does independence mean? Those are some of the questions that you and I want to return to as we think about the whole idea of, of kingship and the whole idea of independence. So if you would let me, uh, you know I want to go into this uh, meditation on uh, the book of Acts, the book of Acts, and uh, chapter three, we have been talking about um, uh, the idea of uh, the movement of the Spirit of God among us. And what does the movement of the Spirit of God mean during our remembrance of, of the day of uh, independence? That's a question that I want to ask ourselves um, as we go into this study of the book of Acts and the movement of the Holy Spirit among us. I want to read to you this passage from Acts chapter 3. So, boys and girls, you're with your parents. Uh, Now, you, you have your Bibles open. So, I want you to go get your own Bibles, your adventure study Bible of the New International Reader's Version or another translation that you may have. And I want the parents, all the parents and the uncles and the aunts and everyone else to get your Bibles, because I think it's important that we open up our text to, to our text of meditation for today. Um, uh, the text is Acts chapter 3. So uh, boys and girls, when you're opening up in your Bibles, in the New Testament, the New Testament actually is, um, is about one-fourth of the Bible, uh, or maybe even less than that. Uh, The the larger section of the Bible is uh, two-thirds of the Bible, and uh, more than that uh, is the Hebrew Bible, uh, the, the Old Testament. And then you come to the New Testament, and the first five books in the New Testament are called the Gospels, as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and that is followed by the book of Acts, Acts of the Holy Spirit, Acts of the Holy Spirit or Acts of the Apostles, as it's called sometimes in the third chapter there. his uh, how it reads in the New International Version. So if you'd let me, I, I'll read to you from the New International Version of uh, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 3. It says, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called beautiful that's well, very interesting the name is called beautiful and we'll talk a little bit about that as we go on where they put every day uh, to beg uh, for those going into the temple courts when he saw peter and john about to enter so peter and john are the two disciples of jesus they're about to enter into this gate that's called a beautiful gate or are in in hebrew the word is jaffa jaffa gate jaffa gate Jaffa means beautiful. Is it beautiful? Well, I don't know if it's really beautiful. It's not really beautiful, I've been there. Um, That is the place where all the people that are the discards of society were put together and they were begged there. So regular people will not enter through that gate. Uh, It'll be only those people who want to hide from others because of one reason or another. So Peter and John, they're about to enter in through this gate that's called the jaffa gate uh which looks towards the west which looks towards the west um if you remember for those of you um boys and girls um young people uh you have probably read the story of jonah right jonah ran from god where did he go he went to jaffa gate and then kept running and kept running for miles and miles together he ran a marathon till he reached jaffa and from there he kept running away from god so that's the gate that we are talking about now peter and james are running entering into here this place this place called the jaffa gate and 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 this blind man there were lots of blind people lame people people who are begging they ask them for alms. and then it says verse 4 i'm reading in chapter 3 of acts chapter 3 Uh, Peter looked straight at him as did John then Peter said look at us look at us come on let's meet each other and look at each other in the eyes because I want to really consider you to be a human being well that's a very important thing to keep in mind because when we look at people in the eyes communication happens communication happens so then it goes on to say in verse 5 so the man gave them his attention, expecting to get some alms from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have. I'm not a rich person. I don't have silver or gold. If you want silver and gold, go to those other gates, you know, those other gates that face the other sides of the people that have money. So he says silver or gold I do not have but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk rise up and walk on your Sunday school and your kids school you probably sang those songs about silver and gold have I none but but such as I have give I you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk." And then taking him by the hand, he helped him up. Very important. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. I like that word because in Hebrew that word is Boaz. It became strong, Boaz, Boaz became strong he jumped to his feet and began to walk then he went with them into the temple courts and he was walking and he was jumping and he was hollering and he was shouting this guy was just beside himself and praising God when all the people saw him walking and praising God they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple big gate called beautiful was it unbeautiful i don't know it was called jaffa gate and they were filled with wonder and amazement they were astounded at what had happened to him now i'm gonna i'm gonna stop reading the text here there is more to it a lot more to it and we'll be talking about it But what does independence mean is the question. Peter and James, they go to this place called the temple and all the while they're remembering something. They're remembering Independence Day. Now in the Bible, there are two Independence Days. So so bear with me as as we go into a narration of this Independence Day. The first Independence Day in the Bible is called the independence from slavery. This was commemorated on the day called Passover. Passover is the first great independence day in the Bible. There is a second independence day and that happens during springtime. We will talk more about it. That happened, oh, more than 50 years days from now before this time independence day number 1 happened but there's also another independence day and that independence day happens uh, later on in the fall and we'll talk about that as well that's a second day of independence and that's called the day of freedom the day of atonement uh, the day of jubilee when jesus will come and he will truly be king there's two independence days there's independence day from slavery which commemorates what happens during the time of exodus but then there's another independence day which happens in the fall and that is a futuristic independence day where people recognize that god will be king where jesus will come and he will be king of kings and lord of lords And between these two independence days we have this life now that we are leading in which you and i need to recognize that jesus is king and so toward the end of the service we will be recognizing that we'll be recognizing that in something that's called the communion table so i hope you have this ready moms and dads uncles and aunties i hope you have the communion bread and the communion grape juice ready because we will be recognizing Jesus as king. If you don't, please go ahead. Maybe one of you can go and get that ready so that we can celebrate this together. And I'm hoping that I don't drop this. So what's the first Independence Day all about? It wasn't a very easy thing for the people to remember, for Peter and James and all the disciples. This was the day in which Jesus, their Messiah, their Lord, he went, first of all, riding on a donkey, and as he rode on a donkey, it was really the Greek word that's used there is the female colt. It's, it's the baby donkey, and that's a derogatory term. It's a derogatory term in Greek. It's a derogatory term in In Aramaic, it's a derogatory term. In Hebrew, it's a term that no one wants to use for anyone else. Only when they wanted to use bad words for someone will they use that term. But Jesus went riding on that. Why he was king, but he was a different kind of king. He wrote on that. And all the kids came out and everyone that was suffering so much under the hand of an occupation army called the Romans who were suffering so much under the mighty rule and the the horrible rule of the Romans came out and they said, Hoshiana, save us, O Lord, save us. You are the King, you are the Messiah, save us. And and so Jesus goes and he's listening to the cries of these people. Hoshiana, Hoshiana, Ana Adonai. Ah, now, I come, oh Lord, save us. Because we are suffering, is what they were saying. And then Jesus goes into the temple. That happened. We recognize that on Palm Sunday. That happened. And Jesus then goes into the temple, and he sees these, Pharisees and these Sadducees people who were ruling the temple at that time and they thought they were kings of the temple and they thought they could do whatever they wanted to to other people so they took advantage of the people and Jesus goes in there and I'll read a little bit for you from Matthew chapter 1 as when Jesus entered into Jerusalem the whole city was stirred and asked who is this who is this Matthew chapter 21 and verse 10 verse 11 says the crowds answered this is Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee they recognize that verse 12 says Jesus answered the temple courts entered the temple courts and he drove out all that were buying and selling there he overturned the tables of the Sadducees the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and it is written he said to them, My house is called the house of prayer. What is this? You have made it a den of robbers. That's what Jesus did. Because the politicians of those days were doing horrible things to the people that they were that were under them. And so Jesus, he he cleared their tables, he cleared their tables, and of course there's little children, and the little children were singing songs, beautiful songs of lament and saying, save us, the Lord, save us. Then came the Independence Day Eve, when Jesus gets together with his disciples, and they're celebrating Independence Day Eve, and he says to them, I know, that you're celebrating Independence Day Eve. And I know you have sacrificed the sacrificial lamb, the Passover lamb on this day of the Independence Day Eve. But I wanna tell you something, I am this lamb. I will be sacrificed. I will be hung on a tree. I'll be lynched on a tree. My blood will flow down. My body will be defaced and sacrificed and of course the disciples looked at him especially peter this great macho guy this muscular guy who looks at jesus and says not over my dead body lord i will not let these things happen to you i will sooner die than let these things happen to you and so jesus looks at him and says peter peter come on come on Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times, Peter. And sure enough, on the day of independence, Jesus was killed. On the day of independence, Jesus was killed on the cross. He was lynched on the tree. He was crucified. And he died for our sins and the people were beside themselves. But Jesus then arose from the dead and he appeared to the disciples for 40 days. And then he would appear and disappear, appear and disappear. And then as the time went on, Jesus told them on the 40th day, I'm going up, but the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And there's gonna be a movement of the Holy Spirit. Do you recognize that? Do you see that? There will be a huge movement of the Holy Spirit And sure enough, the spirit descended upon the people on the day of Pentecost, and we talked about it. And the people were filled with the spirit. Who were these people? These were Galileans. These were hillbillies. They knew no languages. They were illiterate people, but they're speaking these fascinating languages. And people came from all over Africa and Europe. Who were these people? These people were refugees. There were Jewish people who were taken as slaves to Babylon and to Assyria and to Europe. They were taken as slaves to these places. They're returning back, looking for hope, and they find hope in the gospel message that was preached in Acts chapter 2. And that same Peter gets up and he says, these people are not drunk. You think they're drunk? They're not drunk. These are people who are filled with the spirit of God. And so the disciples went on from that time onwards. That same Peter who denied Jesus, who said, I don't know him to little kids and to everyone else. That same Peter gets up and with boldness, he proclaims Jesus as king. And then he says, we are going to go out and be the commission of Jesus who said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from, for the prisoners. He has sent me to proclaim recovery of sight to the blind and to heal the lame and the lepers and so on and so forth to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, to proclaim that final great Independence Day that will happen when the shofar will be blown and everyone will be free because Jesus is king. So two Independence Days. It is keeping in mind that that second Independence Day will come when Jesus will be king, that the the disciples of Jesus went and look at what they did. I'm going to very quickly go over the text of Acts chapter 3 that I read. So open up to your Bibles, to Acts chapter 3, as we remember the remembrance of Independence Day. You know, it's not about firecrackers and all that. All that is fine. All that is good. And it's great. I think we need to do that. But we need to remember what is the meaning of independence? We need to recognize that it was on Independence Day that Jesus was crucified on the cross by the Romans. We need to remember that. And that is what they remembered as they go. Where did they go? Look at this. They go to the temple. Why did they go to the temple? They go to Jaffa Gate. Why did they go to Jaffa Gate? Because that is where the most destitute of destitute people are sitting like the blind people, and the lepers, and the lame, and no one wants to go near them. That's not the gate that the Sadducees would go through. The people who were in power, that's not the place that the Pharisees will go through. There were four or three other gates that they went through, not Jaffa Gate. But Peter and John, they go through Jaffa Gate which, yes, is called beautiful, but really, is it beautiful? It's the most horrible entrance to the temple. But Peter and John go through that gate. Why? Because they know that that's where Jesus wants them to go. They go there because the most destitute of destitute people will be there. They go there because that is where Not the who's who will be there, but it's the people who really need the gospel, who need freedom, who will understand the meaning of freedom. They go to Jaffa Gate. Not only that, but notice, they also go at the afternoon time of prayer. Now in Jewish, um, ancient Jewish thought, and it's true even today, there's three times of prayer. There is the morning time of prayer. It's called Shacharit. And then there's the afternoon time of prayer uh, that's called Mincha. And then there is the evening time of prayer, which is called Ma'ariv. You know, the who is who in society will never go to the temple at 3 p.m. That's the hottest time of the day. They will never go there at that time. Who is it? It's the most destitute of destitute people that will go there. And so that is when Peter and John went to the temple. They go to the temple and they find a person. It says he's lame from birth. My goodness. This man, not only is he lame, but he's lame from birth. This person has never walked. And, And of course, people during that time, they will have all kinds of reasons. They'll say, oh, he must have done something wrong in his last life said some people, that's why he's lame. He was born lame. There's got a handicap, and this handicap is because he must have done something wrong in his last life. Others said, no, no, it was the parents that did something wrong in in, in that life. And that's why, look at this kid that's born to them. This kid is born to them because they've done some evil in their life. And, And so there'll be all kinds of reasons given. And I come from India, and those are the kinds of reasons that are given in India today. It's your karma that's haunting you, says Hinduism. You must have done something wrong in your life life. Buddhists will say, "All oh, life is suffering. Deal with it. You've got to just escape this life and enter into nirvana. And then, of course, Sikhs will have their own answers. Islam will say, it's inshallah. You're facing the will of Allah. And, and so just deal with it. But Peter and John, they go to him. And look at what they do, look at what they do. This is so powerful. For one, they realize this is Jaffa Gate. They realize that this is the place where the most destitute of destitute people will be. And you have to come to terms with history of Jaffa Gate. That is very crucial even today in life, that we go to the place where the most destitute of destitute people are. That we go to the Jaffa gates of our society. That is what Redeemer Life is doing as we engage with La Iglesia, as we engage with the communities around us. And as as we think about those amazing people from redeemer life who went to chinatown and prayed there and lamented and said lord we have done wrong we have done wrong by our sisters and brothers in the african-american community that is going to jaffa gates because that is where people are seeking freedom and so we need to go to our own jaffa gates notice what is the next thing that happens this person looks at Peter and John, of course not looks really, because you know he's not able to see very much. He, he is lame. Uh, and, and then there's other blind people there who are not able to physically see. But this person can see, and as he looks at Peter and James, he says to them, uh, can you give me some alms? The word that's used there in Greek, it means pity. It's money that's given out of superficial pity. It's given out of superficial charity. It's given out of superficial mercy. And in the Western Church, we are really good at doing that. We say, "Oh, I feel so bad." You know, I look at at TV at the news reports nowadays, and I also see advertisements that come on, and there's this advertisement. That's showing these destitute kids in Africa and in India and other parts of the world. And it's the most horrible pictures that you can come up with because they want people to have pity. When mission comes out of pity, it's a very, very superficial mission. And Peter and John know that that's not what Jesus did. When you throw money at people, It only encourages more dependence. It is not independence, but it is more dependence on people who can give money. And when people give money, they want authority and power with the money that's given. Peter and John look at him and they said, no, we are not about pity. We are not about pity. We want you to get true independence notice the next thing that they do it says when peter and john saw uh, 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 peter looked straight at him verse four peter looked straight at him as did john and peter said look at us that's how gospel happens that's what jesus did jesus looked at people straight in the eye, because when there is no deep, heartfelt, from your inner being, communication, when there's no identification, there cannot be any communication, and so Peter looks at this man. You know, I've taken students to Lower Wacker Drive in Chicago, and here's what the African American, my African American sisters and brothers will say to me, you're the first people and your students are the first people who are actually talking to us like we matter. As Redeemer Life Church, we have gone and we have served at cornerstone community outreach to homeless people And that is again a phrase and a sentence that we have heard over and over again. Not coming to feed us, but thank you for sitting with us and talking with us and hearing what we are going through. That is where identification happens. And my prayer is that increasingly Redeemer Life will be a church that will look people in the eyes and say, I value you. You are valued in the sight of God. You are not just those people there that I will do something about, but you are us. We are you. That is what Peter and John did. They looked at these people and looked them straight in the eye. Where there is no identification, communication cannot happen. And that's what Peter and John, Peter and John did. I've been set, uh, sent a, a list of things from a very dear uh, uh, um, Asian American pastor who, who lives on the West Coast. And as she's praying, she sent this list to those of us who are in the Asian American community of covenant churches, Part of P- pastor Peter Kim is part of this church. And here's what Stephanie Ahn writes. She says, I want to send to you, my African American, uh, my Asian American fellow pastors, a list of things that we need to lament about. A list of things. And I want to read this to you. And I know this will be hard, but I want to read this to you from an Asian American pastor. On. She says, I wanna give you a few examples of anti-blackness in our Asian American community, our Asian diaspora. And she says, this is an in-house conversation. So please listen to me. She says, we need to lament our colorism, especially when it's seen in using skin whitening creams and whitening beauty products says an asian-american fellow pastor a woman she says we need to lament making fun of family members who are darker skinned and she's talking from experience she says we need to lament locking doors when we see black people in the neighborhood. And she says, I've seen that in my family. She says, we need to lament, assuming that black majority majority black neighborhoods are dangerous, so don't go live there. She says, I've heard that in my family. She says, we need to lament crossing the street when you see a black person because my parents made me do that. She says, we need to lament talking about black people in hushed tones or in different language. And she says, my family did that. She says, we need to lament questioning the ability of black people calling your black friend super white for being really smart. She says, I have done that. And then she says, we need to lament believing and perpetuating the super minority myth, she says, we need to stop that. She says, we need to complain. We need to stop complaining about affirmative action. She says, I have done that. And then she says, we need to lament staying silent when we hear or witness racism, anti-blackness, not calling out my Asians and South Asian friends for using derogatory terms in the N word. We need to lament not calling mom, dad, auntie, uncle, grandpa, grandma, cousins for not calling them out when they call Black people ghetto or use other anti-Black rhetoric. Those are the laments of my Asian American fellow pastor from the West Coast. And she says, we need to lament this. And this is an in-house conversation because unless we lament this and unless we repent of this, we are not going to be able to look our uh, African-American sisters and brothers in the eyes and say, I am with you, my sister, my brother. Let's go on further. It's only after that that we see after Peter and John had looked at this lame person in the eyes and said, we are you. Only after that they're able to say, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who did these things, rise up and walk. That is the gospel. And this is rising up and walking, which is healing social lameness and social blindness and social leprosy. It's healing economic lameness and economic blindness and economic leprosy. It's healing racial lameness and racial blindness and racial leprosy. It's healing educational lameness and educational blindness and educational leprosy and then at the bottom of it all, it's the spiritual lameness and spiritual blindness and spiritual leprosy that is what jesus did and that is what the church ought to do when we are filled with the spirit of god we go and we say in the name of jesus christ of nazareth let this all be healed that is the gospel that jesus wants us to proclaim as we go into the world why because he did all these things When we read the Gospels, that is what he did. Look at what Jesus says to the disciples of John who came to him and said, are you really the Messiah? We want to go and tell John before he dies. He's worried. He doesn't know whether you're really the Messiah or not. And Jesus says to them, when you go back, say this to him. Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. Luke chapter 7 and verse 22. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised. And this is how the gospel, in Hebrew the word is bashirah, in Greek the word is evangelion, is proclaimed to the whole world, to the poor. Go and tell them. And that is the message of the church. It's to go and give the whole gospel in the name of Jesus Christ. Be healed. Where there's a spiritual dimension, there's an ethical dimension, there's a social dimension, there's the racial dimension, there's the emotional dimension. That all is found in the world, in the word sin in the Bible. It's got the racial dimension, it's got the dimension of slavery, politics. Jesus is king and he's king over everything. When he brings about his kingdom through the church, it is healing all of those dimensions. And yes, at the bottom of it is the spiritual dimension. And so that is what Peter and John preached. That is what the early church preached. Why? Because they learned from Jesus who said, this is my mission the spirit of the lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the gospel to the poor he has sent me to proclaim freedom from the for the prisoners he has sent me to proclaim recovery of sight for the blind to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the lord's favor to proclaim the true and lasting independence day. The day of jubilee, which will come and Jesus will be king. But before that happens, we need to remember two independence days, all right? The first independence day is the day on which Jesus was lynched on the tree by the Romans. He died on the cross. So that all sins will disappear. But between that first Independence Day and the second Independence Day, the day of Jubilee is the day of the church where you and I redeem a life. We need to be the head and the heart and the eyes and the kidneys of Jesus to go into the world and proclaim the whole gospel. That is what we need to do. And that is why we remember Jesus in this amazing, amazing experiential experience, experiential dimension called the Lord's Supper. So would you bring in the elements of the Lord's Supper as I am here. I hope you have in a cup a grape, some grape juice and some unleavened bread or any other bread that you have available to you. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, please join us together virtually to remember this great sacrifice on the cross on that first independence day, remember. Communion is not a means of salvation. Rather, it's a testament of a believer's faith in that healing work on the cross. The atoning work is the healing work and the reconciling work that Jesus did on the cross. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, join us. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, we invite you to accept His sacrifice on the cross for you. I invite you to to say this prayer with me. Oh Lord, on this day of independence, I want to thank you for that first Independence Day on which. You died on the cross for my sins. I want to thank you for that sacrifice where your blood was shed for my sins on the cross, where your body was sacrificed on the lynching tree for my sins. I accept that sacrifice, O Lamb of God, And I pray that you would forgive me and heal me. If you have said that prayer, I invite you to partake of this, the Lord's table. I request the parents to guide your children. If your children have truly confessed Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they are welcome to partake of this very, very powerful experiential dimension of the body and the blood of Christ. This is the Lord's table. And our Savior invites those who trust him to share this feast, which he has prepared on that first Independence Day. So come to the sacred table, not because you must, but because you may. Come to testify not that you are righteous. We are not righteous. We are not holy. It's only in him that we have rightness and holiness, but that you sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and that you desire to be one Of his true disciples. Come not because you're strong, but because you're weak, and I'm weak. Not because we have any claim on the grace of God, but because in our frailty and sin we stand in constant need of his mercy and his help. Come not to express an opinion, but to seek his presence and his power. So, would you pray with me this prayer of confession as we go into this amazingly powerful experience? Would you repeat after me? Oh Lord, our God, we have sinned against you, we have done evil. In your sight. Sometimes not willfully. Sometimes these are not sins of commission. Sometimes these are sins of omission of the kind that our sister Stephanie Ann talked about. Oh, forgive us, O oh Lord. We lament. We are sorry and we repent. Have mercy on us, O Lord, according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoings, our sins of omission, our sins of commission, and cleanse us from all our sin. And so, Lord, as we pray this, we also pray that you would renew a right and just spirit within us. Restore to us as we partake of this communion. Restore to us, O Lord, the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, as they were delivered to the Apostle Paul, said these words, the Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, he took that unleavened bread, and when he had given thanks, and he said, Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Haulam lachem. Lechem Thank you, O Lord, said Jesus, that I am the bread of life that has come from heaven. And this is in remembrance of me, said Jesus. And he broke it. And he said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me and that first great day of independence in the same way our lord jesus he took the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup you proclaim the gospel the lord's death on that first day of independence until he comes and we will celebrate that great and marvelous second day of jubilee and independence. Until that time, we partake of this. So I invite you, my brothers and my sisters, to take that broken body of Christ and the cup of salvation and pray along with me. Our gracious Lord, each time we approach this table, we are reminded that you are the giver of great gifts and that life loses its wonder and purpose without your gift. May we receive this bread as a gift for the redemption of our lives, and may we receive this cup as a gift for freedom from our fears. May we receive your grace as the gift of light for our world's darkness and sin. We give you thanks for these holy gifts and for the gift of this sacred meal and the gift of your forgiveness. Bless and be known to us again through it, O Lord, as we have confessed And we partake of this, your body, and your blood. In the name of Jesus, we pray. So beloved, I want to invite you to take the bread which is in your hands. And someone in the family, would you go and distribute it to others in the family? Take and eat, this is the body of Christ, which is broken for you. This is the cup of the new covenant in the blood of Christ. Drink of it in remembrance of me. O loving Lord, our God, you graciously accepted us as living members of the body of Christ. And so we partake of this, your body, and your blood together. Thank you, Jesus, for giving these to us. Amen. You may partake of the body of Christ together. and the cup of the new covenant. So loving Lord, we thank you for forgiving our sins and graciously accepting us as living members of your body. We have fed with the spiritual food in the sacrament of your body, O Lord, and your blood. So give us now your peace and grant all of us your healing strength and your sustaining power that we would be the body and the mind and the heart of Jesus in Vernon Hills and in Libertyville and in Chicago and all over the world. By your grace and through you, oh Jesus Christ, our Lord. So beloved, you have partaken. just like Peter and John may you go into the world go to Jaffa gates go to places where people are hurting and they truly need the gospel go there and may the lord bless you may he keep you may the lord make his face shine upon you may you know the power of The Spirit of God, as you say to people, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. May he be gracious to you. May he lift up his face upon you today and the days to come. And may you know his peace, his shalom, as you seek to be peacemakers in this world and break all barriers, all walls, that human beings have created, because in Jesus' name, you shall bring peace. Go in this, in the name of Jesus, our written Lord, amen.